And I pray that's your prayer. I um, want to preach a message today. A seat at the table. And I've been praying about this. I think, I think it might turn into something. We have a major series that's starting at the beginning of November called Flat. You are not going to want to miss that series. It's called Flat, The Danger of Being One-Dimensional. That starts in November. We'll see what this turns into over the next couple of weeks. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you so much for everyone you've brought here, everyone watching us online, everyone listening online. We're grateful for this community and for this movement because now's the time. Now's the time. The world needs a movement. We think about the tornadoes and the disaster and the hurricanes in the Bahamas and on the east coast of our state. We think about many of those who are in detention centers, those who are at, at the border, those who are, are, are waiting for answers. We think of all those who are hurting and in pain. We pray that you would raise us up to be a movement that brings hope to the city and to the world. And today, I pray that you would just do something in our hearts. Start a fire. Kickstart something that would set us into that movement. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to talk about a seat at the table. I want to talk about a seat at the table. Now, I don't know how you grew up, but when I grew up, the table was kind of a big deal. My mom was a little bit of a formalist. Uh, She was a little bit, well, I shouldn't say a little bit. She was very into etiquette. That was my mom. My mom would take me out on dates at five, six, seven years old. And she would teach me how to open the door. She'd teach me how to look at the menu. She'd teach me how to look people in the eye. She taught me how to look at a woman and find little things about their hair or what they wore and just find ways to come. My mom knew it was going to take a lifetime to help me get a woman like Missy. That's what she knew, I think. I think she knew I was behind the ball. She needed a, at least a 30-year <laughs> head start to help me find a sister. But my mom was working on me, and she tried to teach me manners. And around the house, we had this thing. Every once in a while, we could eat TV. Now, I'm going to tell you how old I am. Every once in a while, we'd have a TV dinner. Y'all don't have that, do you? Y'all don't know what TV dinners are. You know what a TV dinner is? Some of you know. I'm talking about that one, the hungry man with the foil on it. And I get the one with the, with the brownie I couldn't wait for. And you put everything in the oven, and for some reason, it all would just cook just perfect. But we, every once in a while, we got to watch and eat dinner by the TV. Because back then, we didn't have any cable. It was just whatever came on. The little antennas. This is old school. Okay, This is ancient days. Back in the ancient days. But mama was a little bit of a formalist. And so we had some traditions. And one of the things is she liked for us to eat at the table. That was a big deal for her. And I do got to celebrate something, by the way, uh, because I just think it's, I think it's just worthy of celebrating what God has done. When I think about this table, I think about my younger brother. And yesterday, my younger brother and his wife opened up his restaurant in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sobo, I'm so excited for them. And uh, I just had to make sure I praise God for that publicly. So if you go to Minneapolis, make sure you go to Sobo. But we, we were table people. Right. And, and my mom was very particular about the table. How many of you grew up learning how to set the table? 
girl, yeah. It's, it's a thing. Like, you don't just come and just throw your food and just eat. Like, you had to set it up right. And she was, she was a little bit of a formalist, right? And so I'm going to just kind of do these things. Um, you know, let's say pretend this was the meal, right? Because the meal went in the, in the middle like that. And, and, and I don't have any nice silverware. I wanted to get some nice glasses. But, you know, when you set it up, does the cup go on the left or the right? How many of you know? Right or left? That's right. It's on the right. Okay. So I'm setting it up here. And uh, she was very particular about those things. And then uh, if you had a bowl on the table, which side do you set that on? You might remember? That's the left, right? You guys, are, you guys are very proper. Very proper. If you're not, look it up on Google to make sure we're right. Okay, so set a bowl up. And then if you've got a plate, where does the plate go? That's a trick question because we're right in the middle. Setting up the table. And, you know, my mom was like, you got to make sure everything is right. Anybody had mom like that? Or a dad like that? Or a grandma like that? Anybody had big mama? And you had to... Y'all didn't have big mama? Maybe you had abuela, something like that. Abuela? Okay. And then, you know, you had to... My table's looking a little, little janky here, but I think it was a little too small. But that's cool. Then you had a napkin, right? Where would the napkin go? On the left, that's right. Put the napkin on the left, and you'd have to run out of room here. That's okay. It's looking good. And then if you had forks, spoons, what would you do? On the left, right? Now, does the spoon go on the left? The spoon goes on the right. Some of y'all took etiquette class at Pasco High or something like that. All right, here we go. All right, so we're setting the table. Now, here's, this is what's interesting. When I was a kid, right, when I was a child, when I was a little child, how many of you grew up like this? I couldn't, for certain meals, when it was like this, I couldn't actually sit at the main table. Anybody ever had to sit at the kid's table? Maybe for Thanksgiving, you have a kid's table? I don't know. I had to sit at the kids' table. But for me, it was so interesting because when I was at the kids' table, I would watch everybody, and they'd be laughing and yelling and screaming and having such a good time. And I'd be like, what is so funny at this table? Why are they laughing and having such a good time? And i try to slip up and sit down. They'd be like, nope, this is a grown folks. Y'all didn't grow up like I did, huh? It was called a grown folks conversation. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> we having grown folk conversation. A lot of things would happen at the table. And it was such a proud moment when I could actually sit at the table. When I grew up, you used to go to different places for dinner or for lunch, and then you'd always almost have a person that sat at the head of the table. Anybody got a head of the table? Most times it was usually a male for some reason. I don't know why. Males got to sit at the head of the table. But you sit at the head of the table. Sometimes when they used to have pastor's appreciations and dinners. When I first came, they used to do this. And they would have the pastor's table. And I hated it, right? I hated the pastor's table. Pastor's table always have the good bread and the good juice. Everybody have water. And I get it. What they were trying to do 
will show honor at the table. Because a lot of things happen at the table. You can follow love at the table. Come on, you went out to eat. And I mean, when you were out to eat, you were, you were, you know, you were James Bond up in there. Can I, can I please see the menu? Thank you. I just like to have that medium, please. You're doing all of that. You know, you don't do that no more. Babe, we got some more ketchup. He was dead. And you know, you, no, thank you. Oh, I'll just have this. <laughs> You're drinking with your teeth. <laughs> Girls always eat with their teeth like this. I don't know how they do that. Eat with their teeth and stuff. You can fall in love at the table. You can break up at the table. Are we telling the truth? Look, this is a bad date. Okay, this is just not, this is not working out. I am through with him. Check, please. You can get in trouble at the table. Sit down, let me talk to you. Right? Heart stopped beating, you know, lungs, <laughs> cardiac arrest. <laughs> what do you want to talk to me about, right? You can get in trouble at the table. You can get, you can get promoted at the table. Right? A lot of stuff happens at the table. And, and I want to talk to you and I want to visualize this. Because there is a table that God has set. It's not always visible. And sometimes it shows up in a different way. But I want you to know that God has set a table. And there are some seats at the table. And there are some people that he wants to sit at the table. I want to talk about the table today. And there is a text uh, that I want to show you. And I want to read. It's interesting uh, because when Jesus was invited uh, to dinner, he was in, actually, before this text, there is a text that I really love. It's Psalms 23. How many of you know or ever heard of Psalms 23? Psalms 23 is one of David's all-time gold albums, hits from all time. I mean, we know David's rhyme. David was actually a rapper when he, when he put this on paper. We know this. Let's, let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. You want to read it with me? Let's do it old school. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Some of you have it in another version, right? But let's read this version. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the path, right path, bringing, what's that word? Honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, some of you know, through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will fear no evil. That's, that's, we got that memorized for some of us, but not everybody, so we're going to read this one. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Look, this is my favorite part. You prepare a feast for me, other versions, a table for me. In the presence of my enemies, you, what's the word again? I can't hear you. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup, what's the word there? That's good new movement language. Overflows with blessing. 
Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, right? Will Javon Cloney me, will pursue me all the days, dying Seahawks fan, of my life. And I will live in, Khalil Mack me, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go back to verse 5. He sets a table in the presence of my enemies. Let me go sit down over here. Have you ever had your enemy at the table? Now, an enemy is the last person you want at the table. When you're cooking the food and when you're setting everything up and when you're getting it ready, you are not thinking about your enemy. But in the Bible, God sets a table for us. And sometimes he sets a table in the presence of our enemies. That's mind-blowing to me, that God sets a table. Here's what I'm trying to say. God is trying to, God is choosing honor, to honor us. When he sets a table, he sets a table to honor us. And sometimes he honors us by inviting our enemy to the table. Now, I'm not talking about our enemy today. What I'm talking about is God's choice to honor us. If anybody needs to be honored, it needs to be God. If anybody needs a table and a feast set before them, it's the one who died for us. Amen. But there is no table that we can set that would be worthy of his honor. There would be no table that would really, truly capture the Lord's glory and honor of what he deserves. But what God's heart is for us is that he would set a table for us. That he would choose to honor us. There's a table that's set for you. And God says, I'm going to sit at the table. And look, I'm not going to sit at the head of the table. I'm going to put you at the head of the table. And I'm going to serve you. Some of you got this picture of God that God is like, I just want all, I want you to do anything I tell you to do. I don't want to have a relationship with you. If you do the wrong thing, I'm going to kick you right in between, you know, your butt crack and kick you right out. And I'm going to embarrass you. And I got this red button and I'm just waiting to just destroy people. No. God is setting a table. And what's interesting is he sets a table to honor us. And then sometimes he invites our enemies to the table. Because a lot of stuff happens at the table. And he says, enemy, I want you to, or you, I want you to sit here at the head of the table. And I'll have your enemy sit at the table. And I'm going to show your enemy how much I love you. And that they understand that when you mess with them, you're messing with me. See, here's what I've learned. There's a lot of misunderstanding about God's table. And it's, it's, a, it's a misguided application of religion. See, I don't have a problem with religion. Religion is basically how you practice your faith. And everybody has a different way of how you practice your faith. And it's practicing your faith in a d- disciplined way that's held accountable by a group of people. So let me make that clear. Religion is also about discipline. 
It's not about just whatever you want to do. It's about a, a disciplined way of how you practice your faith in, in a company of people that can hold you accountable when you either go to the left or to the right. But one thing I've learned about misguided religion is a misunderstanding about this table. And people get it flipped to think that they're the ones that deserve the honor and they're the ones that deserve to sit at the table. And God is lucky to get a seat at the table. Now, can we just be perfectly honest? Let's, I'm going to say it for you so you don't have to say it. We do this all the time. In fact, this is what the Bible would call sin is. As when we put something else or somebody else at God's seat. Could you get up, God, for a little bit? I want to put this in. I want to eat. I want to. Could you sit at the kids' table for about 35 minutes? <laughs> as soon as this show turns off, I'll invite you back to the table. But just for a little bit, I need you to just, God, can you go sit at the kids' table for a little bit? And a misguided religion can get so bad that the very people God is inviting to the table, somebody shows up and says, uh-uh, what you doing here? Your skirt is not long enough. You got too many tattoos. Is that weed? Is that liquor? Is that pork rinds all on crumbs all over your chest? No, I'm sorry. You can't sit at the table. I want to show you what Jesus says. Let me take you to Luke chapter 14. Let me, let's look at this, this story. The Bible says one Sabbath day. What day was it? A Sabbath day, right? One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of the leader of the Pharisees. This is a church person. For Adventist people, this is a conference president. Okay? And the people were watching him closely. What day was this? This was the Sabbath, right? This is the day you're supposed to give God your attention, right? This is the day you're supposed to try to get it right, right? This is the day you spend with God. Let's see what happened. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen, and he wasn't at Planet Fitness. This is not Tyler or Charles, all right? This isn't, that's not why his arms, <laughs> or Marcus, it's not why his arms were swollen, okay? Something was wrong. He wasn't doing it on purpose. Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts of the law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? Okay, Jesus is messing with the conference president. When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man. He was healed. He looked like me, and he sent him away. <laughs> Just easy. He, he healed the sick man, and he sent him away. They turned to them. He turned to them. Then he turned to them and says, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or cow falls into a pit, don't you rush it to get him out? Again, they couldn't answer. Now, here's what Jesus is doing. Because they had gotten to the point where the table is something they possessed. And they were in control of who did what and went where. Now, listen, the Sabbath is very important to God. It is why we have church 
on Saturday. It's the reason why we say Sabbath is important. God deserves 24 hours of the week because it's his time. He said it in creation. He made us and then he said, no, you need a Sabbath because we all need to unplug and spend time with God. But they had gotten to the point where they were making it to the place where it was uncomfortable. It was impossible to really enjoy it. And they had gotten this attitude that was misguided about who could sit at God's table. So here's what happened. Let's keep going in this passage. When Jesus noticed that all who came to the dinner were trying to sit at seats of what? Seats of honor near the head of the table. Y'all know where that is, right? He gave them this advice. This is what Jesus said. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? That's true, right? Because there's always someone more distinguished than you. He keeps going. The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Can I just say parenthetically, like a part of what we're doing here as a church is we're making this table available for people who God is inviting to the table. And that means for some of us, I'm going to be asking you to get up out of your seat. Get up out of your parking spot. Get up out of that attitude, right? Get up out of your schedule and make a different seat because there's someone more distinguished. Now, who would that be? Let's keep reading. Instead, Jesus says, take the lowest seat at the foot of the table. That's like sitting underneath the kid's table. And that's a mess, ain't it? Because the kid's table is a mess. Then, when your host sees you, he will say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of the other guests. Let's keep going. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. I knew I wasn't going to get an amen on that. That's okay. Because those who exalt themselves, well, if you'll just excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and sit right here at the front of the table. Thank you. Please take my picture. There it is. Yes. Right here. There I am, Katie. Oh, thank you. Wow, what a distinguished group of guests. Could you please go get that for me? Thank you. Chop, chop. Those who humble them, let me put it in modern language. Just do, just do some, some other uh, nomenclature. Oh, what's up, dog? Oh, get out of my way. Get out of my way, fam. Get out of my way, fam. Move, scrub. Players only over here. You see it. You see it. You see how I'm shining. Excuse me. No tryhards at this table. Got you. Those who humble, you guys can wait. They're coming up to play. Hold on, give me five minutes. Those who, <laughs> you will be invited to the table. Those who humble themselves, they're so faithful. They just, they know what they're supposed to do. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Look what Jesus says. Look what Jesus says. He says, then he turned to the host. This is the one who planned the party, Right? He says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends. This might be a little confusing for a second, but Jesus is going to make it clear. Brothers, relatives, rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. 
and that they will be your reward, right? Because you invite me, I'm invite you. What Jesus says. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, right? Invite some people that's going to tear up the table, right? They don't even know where they're going. Where should I sit? Oh, my bad. Excuse me, right? You know, they tearing up stuff, right? Not on purpose. They just have some things that are inhibiting them to move like you. Because there's a lot of people who are spiritually crippled, who are spiritually poor. They run out quick. Some of us are like that. As soon as we leave here, we are spiritually bankrupt. Jesus has left us. The spirit is gone, right? We We are broke that quick. Spiritually crippled, spiritually lame. Somebody needs to carry them around. And they're spiritually blind. Let's keep going. They, at the, then at the resurrection of righteousness, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. This is about making a table for people who cannot repay us. Because some people are like, I don't really know if I can go to the table. And God's like, you're the exact person I'm looking for. You are qualified because you're unqualified. You are qualified because you're broke, because you're messed up, because you've got addictions. That's exactly who I want at the table. Because when I invite the person who's the least eligible at the table, the next invitation I'm making is their enemy. Y'all, I'm ready. I'm going to invite the addiction to the table and I'm going to sit my friend who's addicted to the drugs right here and I'm going to say addiction you no longer are invited into this person's life because I am the one that's putting them at a seat in honor and addiction you just lost your place. I wish you would shout because somebody's got some enemies in their life that need to be evicted and when God invites them to the table and invites you to the table he reminds your trouble of who you belong to and God is there's some people that need to be invited to the table look look what James says okay now y'all can come look what James says James says look carefully go to the next verse 21 he says get rid of the filth all the filth and evil in our lives and humbly accept the word of God as it planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Look what what the Bible says. If you claim to be religious and don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. Pure religion, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for the orphan and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Can I translate that today? True, pure religion says you've always got a seat at the table. 
In fact, I am intentionally setting a seat for you at the table. These hundred seats in here are seats at the table. And our job is to come in here and set it up. Forks on the left, spoons on the right. Everything's in place. I got it all set up. Air conditioning's ready. The snacks are ice cold. I'm prayed up. I'm ready to serve. I've given. I'm ready to do this. And when someone walks in the door, guess what they feel like? I want you to come up here. And no, I can't sit up there, man. I'm going through some issues. No, 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 no. God wants you to sit at the head of the table. No, man, not me, man. I got a lot of problems in my life. No, that's ex- you got a lot of problems? Great. That's exactly what he told me to look for. I want you to come up and sit right here at the head of the table. The head of the table? Man, I ain't never been to church before. I haven't been to church in a long time. I'm not sure I even believe in God anymore. Oh, that's great. That's exactly who we're looking for. I've got to see right for you at the table. The question is asking not if God is choosing to honor, it's who is God choosing to honor? Can I just be 100 with you? That broken person, that crippled person, that orphan, that widow, that one with the issues, that person with the swollen arms and swollen legs, you know who that is? That's you. That's you. Misguided religion says, no, I'm good. Like, I don't smoke. I don't, I'm good, right? I'm, I'm just, no, that's you. Because the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our hearts are, have enmity towards God. That means there is a point in our life where we are enemies to God. And if it wasn't for the saving grace of Jesus Christ to bust into earth history, to put himself into humanity and make a invitation to the table that we're going to see when he comes again, to that long heavenly table when he invites us to. If it wasn't for Jesus, we would not have a seat at the table. The only reason there's a seat at the table is because Jesus is at the kids' table washing our feet, cleaning up the crumbs, taking the place of a servant. And when you get to know that, Jesus, you get up from the table and you said, let me put this apron on. I don't need a bib. I need an apron. Give me the apron. Let me sit at the feet and let me serve. Because at one point, all of you were invited to the table. And that's us. Jesus says, I can't wait for my son or my daughter to come home. Every week he's making a table. I don't care what you did. I don't care where you fell off. Every week when you come here, there is a table set for you. You may think, I messed up. God's like, I know you did. You can't hide that from me. But I'm still setting this table. Because it's not your table. It's my table. And I can invite anybody I want to. Sometimes... I invite your enemy to the table. Some of, some of you are afraid to lean into God because there's some people in this church that are going to tell you when you're messing up. They're going to keep it real with you. Sometimes you don't want nobody to keep it real. Yeah, they're going to keep it real. Your attitude is jacked. You're inconsistent. There's no reason for you to be broke. You spend your money. You're flashing on Facebook. And Instagram, nobody wants to see that. 
it looks bad. That's what you get at the table. You get grown folk conversation because people are trying to help you, not hurt you. People are trying to build you up, not tear you down. People are trying to elevate you, take you to another level. People who love you, care about you. So there's a seat at the table. And I'm so thankful that God invites me to the table. I'm so grateful for the unconditional love of God that loves me time after time. And even when I walk in with my head down sometimes, God says, come on, come here. Sometimes he does this. Come sit on my lap. Let me, let me feed you myself. And he brings me back. And then when you get filled up and you feel what that feels like, there's something about it that says when you see people, you don't see them through the perspective of, oh, man, they should get their life together. You say, no, that's an op- that's a seat at the table that God has for them. And so I want to pray today. And I want to pray for two things. First of all, I want to pray for some of you. Some of you who just need to accept this seat at the table. Next week, I can't wait because there are two people in this church that are giving their lives, that already gave their lives to God, but they're going to be baptized next week right here in this pool. And if you're thinking about it, you need to let me know. You need to let somebody know if you're thinking about it because next week we do it once a month and next week is your next opportunity. And they're saying, I've accepted, look what they've said, I've accepted the seat at the table. But now I'm taking my seat at the kids' table. That's the opportunity you have next week. And I want to pray for some of you today who just need to just need to accept the invitation. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care if you've never been. It's just your first day at church. God is making an invitation for you to come to the table. And then I want to pray for that person because everybody's got a person. You have to have a person that you're thinking about that you want to come next week. You're saying if, if it would be a miracle if they show up next week. And I want to stand with you in that prayer. And I'm telling you, next week, they're going to be blessed. God's going to do something supernatural. I'm telling you, he will not. He will answer your prayer. If you pray and ask God to do it, he'll do it. I promise you, he will. And I want to pray for you today. So I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads wherever you are. Close your eyes. And we do this so that you could just focus on yourself. Nobody's going to be judging you. Nobody's going to be taking count of whose hands raised. But I want to pray for the first group, for those who are just accepting that invitation to the table. If that's you, could you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. God bless you. I see you. That's right. I see you. Oh, man. I see some young hands, some older hands going up. Let me pray for you first. Father, I pray for the hands that are raised. Lord, you know what you're stirring up in their spirit. You know how hard the enemy kept them from coming today. But you brought them to hear this invitation. For them to hear that you love them with an everlasting love and you will never turn away from them. And I pray on their behalf that they would accept, that we accept your blood on the cross for us. We accept your sacrifice and we invite you to lead our lives today. Every sin that we've committed, we confess, we believe it is forgiven and we start over in this moment. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. You can put your hand down. You can keep your eyes closed. And I want to pray for the second group. Some of you have got a person. You've got someone you're thinking about. If you've got someone you're thinking about, can you just raise your hand? 
Raise your hand. God bless you. I want to pray for you. Father, we pray for the hands that are up. Lord, they represent the people that these individuals care so much about and want them to experience the fullness of peace and joy in their life. And Lord, I pray right now that as we pray for them, that you will set it in order that they would be able to come either this week or another week. But Lord, you will be able to move in their life. And may they know that you're the God who answers prayer and you're the God that heals. And we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, church, there was a whole bunch of hands that went up when we prayed. I think we ought to celebrate the decisions that were made today for all the seats that were at the table. And let's up. Come on. That's not a celebration. That's a pity pack. Where are the 12s at? Where are the people that love? I'm talking about the 12 disciples. People that love God of the year. God bless you.